Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, 9 and 7 both claim to be number one and it turns out they're both right. The creator of the block unloads on viewers who say they don't want drama and why some TV viewers have been left brokenhearted. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. TV Black Box is about to start. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there and welcome to TV Black Box. I am Rob McKnight and I'm joined by a cast of unruly characters, including Sarah Monaghan over in Florida. Hello, Sarah. We've had a time zone change, so now it's only 4 a.m. Ah, there you go. Aaron Ryan is beaming in from Perth. Hello, Aaron. Hello, gorgeous people. And Rob, looking forward to the TV Black Box Awards. I see some planning stuff and it's looking awesome. Yeah, I shared the rundown with the team this week and uh, I think it's coming together very, very well. Malk is part of that planning procedure and joins us from Sydney. Hello, Malk. Hi, Rob. Hello, everyone. I too have seen the, the, the Boxies rundown and it is still going. (laughs) there's a lot of categories but it's going to be a lot of fun don't you worry about that all right let's get into the news of the week the ratings year isn't even over but already channel 9 and channel 7 are claiming victory and the fact is they're both right channel 7 is number one in total people and will win the 2021 survey period nine will claim the key demos 25 to 54 16 to 39 and gbs when you exclude the olympics now look there's been a bit of argy bargy over the claims from both both networks, but Mark, this seems to be the verdict from what I'm seeing, and has been the verdict for the past few years. Mm. Like it's not a new thing to have column A win this, column B win that. I do remember, in fact, it wasn't that long ago that I think all three commercial networks claimed a win. Yeah, um, and it was like press releases at twenty paces. Note that wasn't an Olympic year. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think the, the the challenge ahead of us is going to be deciphering and decoding all of this because we know Seven are going to land all of their stuff with the Olympics. We know that Nine are going to stand their stuff, land their stuff. Look, to their credit, they might show it with, but more likely they're going to show it without. And that's really the sticking point for 2021. I say congratulations to all the teams. They've worked their asses off, uh, particularly in Seven and Nine, to get to that position. Um, and Seven have really had to work hard this year and claw that back to make it go. So good on them. Here's to 2022 where there's no Summer Olympics, and an interesting race ahead of us. It's interesting, Aaron, isn't it? Because we, I, have always talked about total people. But I'm starting to be swayed about the demo argument because that is what is about the advertising. Having said that, I Seven absolutely get to claim number one, but I'm 
listening to Nine's claims about demos. Yeah, it's um, it depends which way we look at it. Um, as a website, of course, if you're looking at total people, we're just looking at what are, what are, what are our friends watching, what's everyone in Australia watching, but advertisers like Coles or something like that are looking very specifically at targeting certain demographics. So that information comes out, uh, in in the ratings. So what we make of that is. You know, are we sort of siding with advertisers or are we siding with what everyone's watching? I don't know. So, yeah, Hamish Turner uh, said to you in, in in his interview about we've got our figures, seven have got their figures. I just don't understand how we get to that. It's actually really simple. There is only two mm. ways of determining the end of year figures, and it's simple. It's survey ratings, which is the calendar is available on the Oztab website. The year runs from the 7th of February to November the 27th with a two-week Easter non-survey period, which was the 18th of March to the 10th of April. That is how the survey year is done each year bang or it's the calendar year and that means that each and every day from the 1st of uh, january to the december 31st is included no exceptions there is obviously that one exception to the rule i don't think it's it's as easy as that mate it's not that simple yeah yeah the challenge now of course is that yes there is the ratings year every one of the commercial networks have said that they program for 48 to 52 weeks a year which essentially makes the ratings year redundant. So then we move to the calendar year. When we look at the calendar year, you're right, it's 1st of January to 31st of December, but it has to then be the CON 28 numbers on that pro on that period sure. from January 1 to 31st of Excluding December. Excluding the Olympics. Bingo. Well, no, but it's not excluding the Olympics if it, if it's calendar year because that includes everything. The survey year excludes... No, the, 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 it 100% excludes the Olympics. No, that is actually... you. This is going to be another one of those things that you'll have to check. But if you check with 9, 7 or 10, they will tell you the agreement is for two weeks of the Summer Olympic Games, two weeks only, in a survey year. When it's calendar year, because the purpose of the calendar year... Hamish made it clear in his interview with Rob where he said the Summer Olympics start with the opening ceremony and end with the closing ceremony. That's exactly what 9 are doing, but that's not... that's. That's not the agreement by the networks at all. The agreement is for two weeks of of the uh, of the Olympics, and there is that hangover period. But that is not what the gentleman's agreement is. He is going out outside of that. But what we'll say, and, and Judge Rob is ready to judge. Rob. Uh, look, here's the thing. I I'm still here with the two week scenario. Um, having said that, I asked Hamish about that, and he said, "Well, they still win." even if you only take the two weeks and not all of the Olympics, the hangover days. the But even to me, when you're doing the calendar year, you still have to exclude the Olympics. And that is the verdict from Judge Rob. He can have that verdict, but it's just not correct. Oh, uh, judge's rule is final. Uh, here's what I would say. Um There was also an interesting side discussion in my interview with Hamish Turner about the GBs, which you've raised as an issue, Aaron. You heard what he said, that it's an important part of for advertisers. Do you accept the use of GBs after hearing what he said? This is a difficult one. All I actually said is the network's uh, who own Oztam, they have an agreement on what demographics will come out uh, obviously in the data reports, and that is 16 to 39, 18 to 49, and 25 to 54. But a network can claim anything. Like Channel 10 have claimed that 
under 12s, they're claiming daytime because, of course, they have 10 shake or, or whatever it is. You can actually claim any demographic. You can make up anything that you want. I just mm. said that grocery buyers is a demographic that's mainly used by Channel 9, and it's absolutely a, a correct mm. demographic to have. But if you're looking at putting out, I mean, even in your introduction, you said, oh, grocery buyers, as if that's a, a thing. That's that's a Channel 9 thing. So it's, it's 16 to 39, 18 to 49, and 25 to 54 when you look at the OzCam website of what gets published. But yes, networks can put out anything. They can say daytime, afternoon slot, kids 12 to 18, you know, people over 65, under 50s. You can say whatever you like, but that's just a nine demographic. That's all I said. The one thing I would say to that, is that he convinced me when he said it's 20% of their revenue. I don't think that can be understated. No, I, and the I, real challenge yeah. is, particularly for grossy buyer and child, is that I, I agree, Aaron, that there's lots of slicing and dicing. The PR Jedis do their thing every day to make sure that we see that they won something somehow. The difficulty uh, in dismissing grocery buyer and child, I don't think we can do it because when Nine offer that, they offer that for prime time like they do the other three demos. So it is from 6pm to midnight, here's the grocery buyer and child demographic. And particularly for advertisers, they they care deeply because as Hamish indicated, it's all about fast-moving consumer goods. This is your, your food stuff, the stuff that hits home to a family demographic. If I'm an advertiser and I want to sell my thing during Lego Masters, I want to know what the grocery buyer and child demographic is. So for them to win that or to be performing well in that is really significant for advertisers, which is what commercial television is all about. And look, we're using a bit of assumed knowledge here. The interview with Hamish Turner was right before this episode in the podcast feed. Hamish Turner is the head of programming at Nine. Go and have a listen to that interview if you want to understand ratings and demos and uh, the discussion about the Olympics. All right, there's been a lot of discussion about our ratings analysis on Channel 10 from last week, which showed major declines for Studio 10, 10 News and The Project. In fact, the information has also appeared in the Daily Mail, The Australian, The Daily Telegraph, amongst other publications. But what struck me the most was the comments section of each article. As I was going through the comments on the Daily Mail, for example, I've I've noticed a shift in the way people talk about Channel 10. I'll give you an example. When I was at Channel 9, we put a billboard up outside Channel 10 that said, uh, see it first on 9 News, seriously. And I posted that on Twitter and got hounded. Now, seriously, was the tagline for Channel Nine at the time for Channel Ten at the time? It was right outside the Channel Ten building at Piermont because they had given up the space. And uh, Andrew Peace, uh, the head of promos at Nine, took that opportunity and jumped on it. Anyway. I got hounded because there was love for 10. It was like big, bad nine chomping on 10. You know, you're mean, you're arrogant. It was a real, at the time for me, this uh, this is circa 2012, I want to say, that there was a love for Channel 10. When you go through the comments of any articles, whether it's TV, Black Box, The Daily Mail, wherever the analyses have been done about 10's ratings performance, the love is gone. The, the Channel 10, the underdog, the cheeky, the love Australians had for it is gone. Now, Aaron, last week you mentioned Channel 10's always been number three. It doesn't matter. You're right. The difference now is that 
when it was number three back in the days, it had an objective. It was number one, 16 to 39. It made revenue with a low cost base and brought in a lot of revenue. The network had an identity. The problem now is the network has no identity. In its chosen demographic of under 50s, it's still number three. It doesn't stand out from the rest of the crowd. It's been chasing 25 to 54. Yes, it says it's under 50s, but does the on-air brand reflect that? What happened to the cheekiness of 10? People don't care. And when people don't care about your product, you are doomed to fail. Sarah, do you remember the cheeky 10, what we loved about 10 back in the day? Yeah, I think that they, I I think the whole world's changed though. I mean, people used to be fun and I think just everybody now is just bitchy and the, the network has followed the same thing. And I think the other problem with 10 is, I mean, they want to be the woke channel and woke people just don't have a sense of humor. So, I mean, if that the people that they're looking for, I don't, yeah, it's just people, I I think the whole thing with Corona is you see everywhere, everybody's just, nobody has a sense of humor anymore. So I, and, and people are a lot bitchier now. So I can see why comments are getting worse and worse and people have lost their empathy and they don't care. So I think at the point now, like where everyone's just watching Netflix and TikTok, if a channel that doesn't show stuff that they're watching anyway is losing, people aren't going to care. Do you know, it, it wasn't even bitchy comments. It was, I mean, there's very much an anti-project narrative on any comments, any story about the project, there's an anti-project narrative that really polarises people. And and polarisation is fine if you've got more people who like your show. But the thing about it was that it, it's lost that affection that people had. And, and one last thing I would say is it's fine to be woke. But having diversity, people don't tune in for diversity or colour. They tune in for content. So what you need is to have the content with diversity. You can still be woke. You can still be diverse. But you've got to have the con- you've got to have the content, and you've got to have the right characters. You don't just oh. say we are worth watching because we have a black person on the network, or we have this person, or you know, you've got to have the content, Malk. I'll take it a step further than that, Rob. I, I think it's not even political at all. I think it's that they don't have the content. Yep. Just full stop. Yep. Um, it, uh, anecdotally, a friend of mine who is, <laughs> I live in a very weird TV bubble, right? <laughs> this person, I would say to you, is a standard normal TV viewer. And they passed the comment that they reckon the problem with the project is Lisa Wilkinson. Yeah, there's been a lot that of that. In, in Lisa coming in, she she doesn't have the spark or the bite that she had, for example, when she was on the Today Show, whether it's she's taking it too seriously or the content or whatever it is, just that Lisa is not the interviewer on the project as she had been. Mm. Now, that was their view, and I'll look, I'll take it to the hoop on that. Um, someone else asked me, how would I fix 10? That is a whole other podcast. Um, the challenge is that it would need a significant cash injection from Viacom CBS, and all we are seeing out of America is that they do not want to spend money. In fact, all they're doing is making 10 Australia cut money. I don't know if it would take a lot of money. I think you could do a series of programs that are more of the cheeky, fun, even panel-style programs. Um, 
you don't need to compete in that 7.30 reality TV show. If you don't have the brains or the or the nows to take on 9 and 7 with the $20 million 7.30 reality franchises, change your strategy. Yeah, go back to having like a David Letterman type show but with an Australian because that's not expensive yep. to do. Correct. You just have something different. That's the thing too is like nobody seems to have anything that's super different. So maybe they should make themselves – you know, the Australian cheap network, they want to do that, but have stuff that's not what everybody else is already doing. Don't just do whatever it is. Australia, TV still costs money. You know? TV still costs money. Correct. Now, Aaron, what what I would say, Aaron, is that their 9 o'clock strategy is actually doing okay. Look, I think with about, I mean, people will know that listen to this TV uh, podcast, I probably agree with you on about 90% of 90% of stuff. The whole premise of the Channel 10 thing, I don't agree with you at all uh, uh, on this subject. Um, and that kind of pains me because Channel 10 are being very painful at the moment and, and I've had my own issues but with Channel 10. But that's not what, this isn't personal with Channel 10 and people try to write off any commentary like that. So, but my opinion is the big slice of the money is those key slots between 7.30 and 9.30 when you have all those 10-pole shows. I believe with MasterChef, The Doghouse, The Bachelor, uh, obviously except for this year, Gogglebox, The Cheap Seats, Australian Survivor, Have You Been Paying Attention, The Masked Singer, um, The Amazing Race Australia have all done a reasonable job. They have equaled be just below or even higher than the offerings on 7 and 9. When you compare them to, say, 7, who have had issues with Holy Moly, Ultimate Tag, SAS, Hell Week, Big Brother VIP, 10 actually come out quite well on those key slots. Maybe 600,000 is not great, but that is what 7 and 9 are getting for a chunk of their shows, aside from, of course, ones like The Block and The Voice. So bottom line, I believe if you read a ratings report Sunday to Thursday in the survey year, 7.30 to 10 o'clock, I reckon you'll see an unbelievable set of data it will show an extremely competitive 10 and when you add in their multi-channels because 10 peach and 10 bold are doing quite well that they are actually super competitive however yes they do need to fix certain slots 6 p.m to 7 p.m is a write-off the project 7 p.m is going down studio studio 10 needs to be fixed and saturday night's you know, are a whole where they're, where they're basically equaling SBS. But those key slots where they make a lot of money, if you ran the data, I reckon they would be on par with 7 and 9. Fair enough. Let's take a look at the ratings race since our last episode. The Blues have bumped Love Island back an hour due to poor ratings. Last Wednesday, it could only manage 203,000 viewers in the five cap cities. The Bachelorette in the prime 7.30 slot didn't fare much better with 288,000 viewers for 10. Big Brother VIP is also struggling for the Reds, only delivering 375,000 on the same Wednesday night. On Thursday nights, Gogglebox continues to be the shining light, bringing in 580,000 for Team 10. The Bachelorette couldn't hold the 370,000 viewer leading from the project, falling down to 344,000, with Gogglebox climbing up to 580,000. Viewers are now actively avoiding The Bachelorette. The block finished with a bang on Sunday night, delivering over 1.5 million for the main show and 1.835 million for the winner portion. The Blues romped home with a 46.6 network share because of it. On Monday, it was a current affair doing the business with 717,000 watching at 7pm. Parental guidance continues to show new formats can work. It brought in 604,000 viewers for the Blues. Home and Away is also doing the business for the Reds. The show has really found its groove 
of this year and viewers are hooked. Meanwhile, due to scheduling by the BBC, Doctor Who fans don't get to watch the show on the main channel on the day of broadcast. On Tuesday, I really have to give it to the doghouse. The show I thought would tank has actually brought in a very strong 575,000, claiming the number one spot. The one bright spark couldn't keep 10 afloat, though, with the rest of the schedule relegating the network to number three for the night. But at least that was a step up for the primary channel, which has been coming in fourth on some nights. Aaron, anything to add to that? Well, that was a super rap. What else could you add to that? Um, yeah, um, Big Brother, <laughs> Big Brother, not doing well. I mean, I, I suppose we could spend an almost a podcast just talking about that. I mean, we love Big Brother. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sort of enjoying it, but it is getting a little bit boring now. It probably is the celebrities that have gone in there. Um, the the block for Pro- now. It probably is the celebrities. I reckon it kind of is. <laughs> yeah, I haven't okay. watched it. Yeah, I mean, and then Danny came, Danny came back, but he's been evicted straight away. I, I just, yeah, it, it probably... Well, well, he's it, not the calling card that Seven think that he is. He's not an audience draw. Yeah, the um, the blog finale did super well. Uh, like parental guidance, I just, I just keep... I know I said this last week. I just love that it's working because sometimes the networks just keep putting out the same old shows or, you know, bitchy fighting and whatever, and we're stuck with the same shows. Mm. They took a chance with this, and... You know, on paper, it doesn't have all that as much bitchiness and stuff. And maybe they thought it wasn't going to work. I mean, I did hear that this was supposed to air in December. Um, they brought it forward to, to November and it's worked really well. So I'm sure that will be commissioned for a season two next year, which would be great. And as you say, the doghouse is increasing. So, yeah, all good. Yeah, it's interesting with parental guidance. I anecdotally hear people talking about it. It's got water cooler talk. All right, let's move on. Amazon Prime Video has made some big changes with the ability of subscribers to add more channels. 12 subscriptions across genres such as comedy, drama, thriller and documentaries across platforms, including Paramount+, Plus, Hey You, Stars Play and AMC+, Plus, will be available for additional fees. Malt, can you talk me through these changes, please? Sure. So the Amazon Prime Video service is now allowing you within its application where you could already rent and buy Mm. individual shows or content or that kind of thing are now allowing you to subscribe to other services as channels ostensibly within your Amazon Prime Video. So it's an extra cost. Yes, absolutely. It's an extra cost. You still have to pay for your Prime Video subscription and then within it sign up to the AMC Plus service or sign up to Hey You or sign up to those kinds of things. Um, in, in itself, if you're wanting to, like if you're somehow overloaded with, oh, it's just apps, apps and apps and I don't know how to access all of the thing and I just want it all in one place, look, that's probably going to help out those two people that have that problem. Um, for everyone <laughs> else, I, I think thinking. the reality is... Um, Amazon Prime Video, as a as a user interface, is rapidly showing its age. It is by far the kludgiest and least well performing, or the worst of the of all of the suite of um, streamers that are available. So to have to jump into that to then get into AMC Plus is not something that I'm necessarily keen on. And that's the only thing that really interests me about it right now. AMC Plus doesn't have a massive library. But it's promising some big things and will grow. However, if you sign up for AMC+, Plus, I think you also get access to the full Shudder library and I think it's the full Acorn TV library all rolled into one. So there's kind of a bit of an and then and then in it. Um, 
I'd be much happier to just see MC Plus launch as a separate beast, but I, I don't know how or why that's a thing. Well, it's fine. You're not losing anything here. But, Sarah, you've already got access to some of these. If you were choosing, is Hey You a good service? Uh, I've, I don't know, Stars Play, to be honest, but AMC Plus, are these good services to subscribe to? I mean, we have Prime, um, and it's good because it's like, uh, so, like, we pay for Netflix, our in-laws pay for Prime. Because um, when you mm-hmm. have, you know, your Amazon and you pay the extra and then the TV comes with it. So we share it. So no matter where we are, we can watch it. And I don't really notice the the, the, the different channels in there. It's just, it's like Netflix where you scroll through. Um, the only thing yeah. that irritates me is like sometimes you'll be looking for a movie and it'll say, you know, it's on Prime and then they, it's not free. Like you see it, and then they want two ninety nine <laughs> yes. for it. It's like, wait, but I already have the subscription. Why am I paying extra? Yeah. But there is a lot of content on there. Um, like right now, all the 007 movies are on Prime, um, and so. But um, but uh, do you specifically use AMC, AMC Plus or anything like that, or Hey You? No, I just it's just it's just it's all wrapped in, and you don't notice where you're getting it. Yeah, from. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean. And oh, interesting. Yeah, it's just just to be clear, Hey You and Stars Plus and those kinds of things are really tier two streamers, right? They're very right. specific in the content they deliver. Like Shudder is a horror only streamer. Hey You is basically the home of NBC Universal's Housewives franchises, right? And all the spin-offs. So if you are a dedicated fan, you're there. That's what you want. Uh, I think even the Kardashians were there because they're an NBC Universal product. So all of that stuff was rolled up into that. It's not a, a Disney, which is sort of like, here's all of the Disney stuff, or mm-hmm. a, a Netflix, where here's all of the Netflix stuff. It's this very kind of slim segments of market. AMC Plus is a new offering well, it's like, that is certainly coming to, to Australia. I like Billions, which is on Showtime, and I watched that through Amazon. Right. Sure, but that's in part also because it's been around for a bit and it's a CBS Paramount Plus. Right offering because it's a showtime now there are a lot of amazon originals which are very good like clarkson's farm is on amazon 100 the boys right there's some great stuff there Mm. okay thank you guys alan jones has finished up at sky news in somewhat controversial circumstances with a pay tv operator apparently deciding not to renew his contract the veteran broadcaster has been a contentious figure of late and was part of the reason sky received a ban on youtube This is how he said goodbye. Thank you to all the Sky News people behind the scenes. It's been a pleasure having your company, all my viewers out there, on Alan Jones on Sky News for the past 17 months, including the thousands of viewer emails and texting me to have your say. Thank you to all the Sky News people behind the scenes who've helped. And to my little team, Luke and Dan and Cooper, Jake, Vass, hello Vass, Nadia, haven't you seen seen you, Joe, for ages? And Michael by two, we've got a Michael here and a Michael there, because I'm at Holt Street. Remember, you can still find me on my Facebook page. I ain't going away. You search Alan Jones Australia. So stay with me. And I'll still be with you. Just search Alan Jones Australia. So good night and good health. Now, look, I know a lot of people are cheering this moment, Sarah, and and that's fair enough. But you've got to admit, he was a lion once and very few people will ever wield the same power that he did as a broadcaster. Yeah. John Moss was also a very powerful person at one point. Yes. But 
they're old and it's time for them to go to pasture. <laughs> and, you know, everyone everyone is amazing at some point and then they fade and it's time for them to, to retire. Yeah, and, and, and for Alan Jones, he never really translated to television. He was an absolute giant on AM radio, yeah. there is no question. Uh, and the, the difficulty for him was when he chose or that ended and he had his television contract he slipped into Sky News at night, but never really made the dint or the impact that he made in radio. Lots of people are cheering. Uh, and the, the latest that I've heard through all of the media stories about this is that he's contemplating running a live show on his Facebook page. I mean, well, go well. Alan, I've got the facilities if you've got the money. Oh, right. <laughs> Jeepers, it better be a lot of money. The creator of Channel 9's The Block has called out viewers who complain about drama on reality TV shows. Julian Cress made the comments on the Reality Renault podcast. Some people say, let's stop all this drama. I want to get just, I just want to watch renovating. And it's bullshit. <laughs> um, it's, it, you know, it, it, translated it could be, oh, I don't, I don't want to watch these people arguing and having this big fight about this thing. I'd rather watch paint dry, <laughs> you know. It's just not, it's not real. The drama surrounding the cheating scandal took the block to number one in the ratings. So, Mog, does Julian Cress have a point? 50% of one. And, and I really love Julian and, and am super amazed at all of the work that he's poured in to make the block what it is. Um, the, the challenge for Julian is that he's right. People don't want to see paint dry. That's just boring television. What people want to see is renovation and reality. What they actually want to see is the reveals. That's what they're connected to. Of course they want to see drama. What they don't want to see drama uh, is, is to see the drama sizzled in the ad before, ha- like before the ad, after the ad, recapping that we were sizzling the drama, here's the drama, throwing out of the drama, and then after in the next ad break, coming back and then recapping all of the drama that we just saw and then doing that five nights a week. Like there's seeing the drama and everyone wants to see it, yes. What we don't want to see it is overplayed and overblown. Works and they so. danced, well, yes and no. They danced a really delicate line with it this year and I think they managed to pull it off in part because they could hand on heart say, we didn't know who took the photo until it was revealed on that final episode, like the three days before the auction or whatever it was. Um, We have seen in the past the block has struggled when they have lent far too much into the drama. Um, The podcast with Mitch and Mark is actually really interesting because Julian talks about uh, when they did the Elston Wick, how he was really worried that they weren't actually going to deliver a room and and like everyone wasn't going to deliver and and those sorts of things. They've learnt heaps, right? The block is a machine now compared to 17 seasons ago when Jamie Jury stood out the front of an apartment block in Bondi and went, I guess we're going to renovate a house (laughs) and and didn't know that they would have to deal with neighbours and traffic plans councils the whole shebangabang um i'm all for the next three seasons if they've signed that deal with nine i I watched every episode this year not because of the drama but because it a suited my life i'm about to build a house again but also what they were delivering with a really excellent choice of contestants was a quality product to watch on tv which is what it's all about it's about the balance between it's, it's all about content do you have hgtv in australia on Foxtel, yes. Oh, 
So, like, you can watch Bob Vila's This Old House or something like that, which has been going for 50 years where it's just about renovating. The Renault Brothers or whatever. Yeah, like, there's all of yeah, those. Yeah. I mean, they always put, like, a tiny bit of drama in those shows, but they're not crazy, always. crazy over the top like the block is. Like, there's not people just... Will we make it on time? Will we meet the budget? There's always drama yeah. in these things. Yeah, even this, the flip houses. I mean, they always set an unrealistic mm. timetable yeah. just for that extra drama. But there's not people, like, throwing things at each other, you know? No, Rob, I just wanted to say, is there a, a bell uh, anywhere? I 100% agree with what Malk was, uh, Malk was saying. I think that's exactly su- sums it up. It's... There's a delicate balance in there somewhere. And I I don't think people, you know, the ratings show that, you know, they think it proves that everyone wants drama, but it's somewhere in the middle. I mean, as 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 Malk said, that before the break after, it's it's getting tedious, but people want a little bit of everything, I suppose. But, yeah, uh, good summary, Malk. Thanks, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. Back for their second year together, David Campbell and Ali Langdon will host Vision Australia's Carols by Candlelight live from the Sydney Maya Music Bowl this Christmas Eve on Channel 9 and 9 Now. In a new three-year deal, the ABC has granted broadcast rights for the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras Parade and World Pride events. The seven network coverage of the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games has beaten a field of more than 150 international broadcasters to win three awards at the International Olympic Committee's coveted Golden Rings Awards in Lausanne. National Indigenous Television, NITV, has announced that producer and journalist Jodan Perry has been appointed as head of digital to support the growth of the channel's digital offering. And back to you, Rob. Thank you, Sarah. Coming up, we take a walk into the backside of television and we'll open up the TV binge box to find out what everyone's been watching. You're listening to TV Black Box. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This coming Monday, friends, on SBS Viceland, Mitch McTaggart, who, uh, with his creative team, brought to us last year the year in television, are giving us a three-episode series called The Backside of Television where, look, frankly, they look at the parts of TV that maybe the executives don't want us to remember. It's very funny and Mitch is very sharp, so I think the best thing to do is over to you, Mock. Hi, I'm Mitch McTaggart. Join me in The Backside of Television. It's a brand-new comedy series exploring all the embarrassing, cringe and spectacularly misjudged moments in our rich TV history. It's not just moments that happened, it's why and how and, my God, that happened. Moments that network executives would rather you forget equals the TV show you didn't realise you needed. Nothing is off-limits when you're looking at the backside of television. Coming soon to SBS Viceland and On Demand. Mitch McTaggart, what are you doing to my precious television? (laughs) Hopefully not ruining it. I think um, (laughs) the... uh, 
I, I, I from the from the beginning, from the get go, I just I feel like I really want to make clear that sure. I don't want to be ru- thought of the person who is ruining television. I think no, no, um, there are executives that have done that for years before you. Look, very possibly, and I think that's what the show explores. Um, but uh, <laughs> like, I uh, I'm very mindful of. Um, I mean, I love TV, and I think um, just to say from the outset that that um, the the show exists on TV anyway, so therefore um, <laughs> yes. it it, it, it kind of has to be coming from a from a place of affection, you know? Yeah, that or clips of this show will appear on your next show about how bad television is. <laughs> Look, very possibly. There's so many ways you could we, we could take it. <laughs> That's right. It's, it becomes the television caterpillar. Anyway, that's a bad (laughs) metaphor to lean into at this point. Mitch, it's um, the backside of television is, in case people somehow missed the intro, a a, a look at all of the, look, it's not really celebrating TV, is it? It's sort of some of the bits that that particularly executives would hope we'd forget. Indeed. Look, I think um, with the history of, I guess with the history of anything, shall we say, which is so broad, there's so much stuff that happens in it, right? And, yes. and I feel like with um, Australian television in particular, um, to, to look back at the history of that, no one really has done that or, or realised necessarily that um, it is such a such a huge thing. Like there is so much history of yes. Australian television. And, and I think that um, whilst those kind of standard clip shows have you know, entertainment value and merit and all that kind of stuff. But, like, mm. the, the, there's a point where we're revisiting those kinds of um, uh, clips again and again where it's like, well, I mean, yes, but there are other things that have happened in TV as well that that may be more, um, give a bit more context to how TV has become the way that it has. Sure. And I think that's kind of something that we're trying to explore in the show as well. So... For people who are outside Melbourne, for some of us, the first experience of the Mitch McTaggart empire mm. was the last year in television that aired on SBS in 2020. Yes. So uh, we did the the last year of television on Channel 31 in 2019 yes. in, in Melbourne and then and then did the, um, the SBS version in 2020. Um, and so I think uh, whether or not anybody saw... I've seen any of it up until now um, <laughs> remains to be remains to be seen. But I, I like this may very well be a, a first kind of a, um, a first look in at um, the I guess the tone that uh, <laughs> that, that we uh, that we that's offer, yeah, <laughs> which uh, you know is is something a little bit different, and I think that's good. It's good to be um, it's good to be a little bit cynical. I think mm. not. I, I, I hope we're not overdoing it because again. It does come from a place of love, I I promise. <laughs> sure. Look, you can take that up with my lawyers. The, <laughs> the, the thing that I find most uh, engaging about um, the backside of television, I've been lucky enough to see some of it already and I'm keen to finish off what I haven't seen after our chat, right. uh, is, look, and, and I, I don't want to blow too much wind up your skirt, right? The, the writing <laughs> is super sharp. There's some really funny gags and it's bang, bang, bang. There's no mucking around with it. However, the thing that I was, so congratulations there. Thanks. The, the thing that I was, look, it means so much when it's coming from me, right? Um, the, the thing that I was most impressed with was honestly the hours that you, I assume you, or someone will have spent just rolling through archives and feeds and just 
finding these clips. Mitch, what are you doing with your life? Well, I mean, lockdown helped. Um, <laughs> and and so there was there was, you know, always something to be chipping away at. Um, but uh, I think as well, the a lot of the stuff that 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 I talk about in the show was as a result of um, me having actually watched it when I was younger and just kind of sure. remembering it. Cause like, I don't know what it is about um, how people's brains work or whatever, but, but for some reason, my thing has been moments in Australian television. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's actually quite useful that I'm doing something, uh, you know, with that part of my brain that has remembered stupid facts about <laughs> Australian TV and stuff. And so I think um, uh, from a, from a research perspective, I already did have some kind of clips in mind, like, Oh, remember sure. when, I don't know, that event happened. That was yep. weird. Let's, let's revisit that. that. Yeah, exactly. Those events. Um, and, uh, but, but like th- that said as well, there was a pretty intense kind of research period into it as well, where um, I, I went insane a little bit, just trying to like, just watching sure. the stuff to, to see if it was worthy of, of a um, worthy of a story. And the, the most kind of heartbreaking thing that, that, that seems to repeatedly happen is when I would watch a whole series or, or watch um, significant episodes of a yes. news program or whatever and find nothing like, oh, and, yeah. and so that was, uh, that was frustrating, <laughs> but that's, I, I guess the nature of, of, of researching for this kind of show. Um, and it's a, look, it's a curse. I'm not saying I'm a hero for, for having done it. Um, but uh, look, it, it's, it's so you guys don't have to. Yes. <laughs> oh, mate, that's that's the schism that I live in, mate. And I have to tell you, the word hero doesn't get bandied around enough when we talk about this kind of thing. So well done, you. I, I, I'm I'm intrigued to know, given that you have taken so many, it's not just one, it's so many deep dives into so many parts of the Australian television oeuvre. Mm. Um, is there something that didn't make the cut that you really wish had? Oh, Oh, great question. Um, I think, oh, oh, that's that's genuinely stumped me because, I, I, and the reason it stumped me is because um, we've got this um, never-ending Google Doc that has um, <laughs> that has imagine. like segment segment ideas and and stuff yeah. that's kind of half researched or half explored, um, yeah. and so we things that we wish we could go further with, but we're kind of limited. Um, with the tools we had at our disposal, maybe we couldn't find the tape to a certain um, yep uh, to to a, to a certain thing. Um, there, there was a, th- uh, a thing that we mentioned in passing in the actual episode, but we couldn't find the footage of. Um, and it was when um, Today Tonight ran a story um, about Australian Idol called yes. Mind Control, and uh, they were they were vaguely alleging that Australian Idol was literally using mind control to get um to get the audience to vote for hillsong contestants which Amazing. apparently in that season was significant even though i don't think it was really any um as it was later revealed and so it was just this 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 incredibly weird wild moment in in television and i i I cannot find the tape for it and I would love yeah. to see it. Um, and so obviously we, we, in, in the actual episode, we ended up just using a, um, like a newspaper clipping mentioning cool. it. Um, and so that was, that would be something that would be great to see, but like there's so much of that as well, that it, that you cannot really find now because obviously it's in everyone's best interest that things <laughs> like that just get buried. Um, yes. And it's kind of like our job to find it. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Do we know? Do we happen to know, Mitch, if it is in the the Corrin or the Robson era of today tonight when that happened? Oh, that is another great question. I reckon both were just absolute gems <laughs> in their own way. Look, I reckon at, from the top of my head, I think it was two thousand and seven. So, if anyone playing at home oh, uh, knows. No, that probably Miami at that point, I think. Yeah, I reckon it's Robson. Yeah, yeah, just a, a bit, of course, pre iguana on the shoulder. Yes. Um, so she's still at that point, still quite the darling of the current affairs set. Look, I guess um, if if that's what you if that's the title that we shall bestow on her. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, Mitch? Because no one else will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. I, I'm intrigued to know, mate, because you mentioned it before, to do the last year of television on. Channel 31 in Melbourne. Look, public public television, community television is a, a thankless bitch of a taskmaster because you do it absolutely because you love it. Um, and to then make the step, which is inevitably, I would think, what everybody on community television wants to do, to get off community television and land on network television, even SBS. Sure. Um, how do you make that step? What did it look like for you? Great question. Um, so what we ended up doing was because of the lockdown, and again, it's always lockdown related. Um, <laughs> Your stuff I, next year. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to like juggle things. God. Um, the what, what we done? Yeah, what we done was um, uh, pitched the uh, pitched the show to SBS because yes. we'd had we had the um, Channel Thirty One special existing already. Yeah. So it was, it was it was a pretty easy. Visual, visualization for them. It was just like, here, here's a show that we've done. Would you like something like this this year? Yeah. And uh, presumably because, I don't know, there was like a lack of content available because of the lockdown and, and, lack and, of content. and quarantine. They were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, fine. Um, and then off we went and did that. And it was all pretty, it was all very sudden. And uh, because I did it on such a whim, uh, purely out of boredom, like I thought, I'll hit them up. Great. We'll see what happens. What can happen? What still can gonna happen? Be, still going to be stuck in my house for the next six months. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then there, that's how it happened. Three of the sweetest words out of any programmer's mouth to a content creator, lack of content um <laughs> it, it feels what a great void so congratulations on that that was a lot of fun uh and i i think i'm gonna stick my neck out i think it's still available in sbs on demand if it is yeah indeed i think it's it's on until um it, it's on there for a year so um whenever the, watch it yeah the the mid is it mid-december it was it was aired i, I think so I, I don't know. yeah yeah Anyway, it's uh, yeah. Hurry up and watch it, otherwise, uh, you know, things will make less and less sense. Obviously, because it's uh, it's it's such a that's a thing with end of year reviews because it's yeah. so um, uh, disposable content, I guess. Because like it, it's it's literally designed to be consumed at the end of the year that it's summarising and stuff. Because like I remember revisiting um, uh, an old Charlie Brooker. Um, Yes, year wipe and and just looking at it, going, I don't remember any of this. I I don't know what that joke was. And yeah. I've, it's granted that it's also um, UK, but but like it's still a lot of international um, news and stuff. But it's just like there really is a, a, a expiry on these kinds of shows, which we hope doesn't apply to the backside of television. Yes. It's a little more a um, little more evergreen, I think, because the, the the benefit of diving back into so much stuff is that it's not really anchored to a to a to a time or an era yeah um and so in theory um you can watch it more years from now 
<laughs> and you get to show them the thing so that even if they did forget, here is the thing that you might have forgotten. Exactly. Joke, joke, joke. Here's some other thing. Totally. Yeah, we can we can be a, a lot slower with it, add a lot more context and stuff, um, which I guess uh, we can't really do when we're trying to just fly through the months as, as quickly as possible, but still yeah. trying to add silly jokes. So did you have to, I'm sure you did, pitch this to SBS again or did they come knocking? There would have been some, some familiarity, I'd expect, after last year. Yeah, indeed. It was another pitch, essentially, uh, but it was pretty much in the crux of a, uh, you've seen the last year of television, here's more of yes. the same. And mm. so then it's, it's, it was a, um, we, we wanted to go for something that was um, easily understood, I guess, because I think yeah. the, the, the moral of, of pitching from the way I have experienced it is um, pretend you're pitching to the dumbest person. And that's not to, that's not to say that <laughs> anyone that I pitch to is dumb, but it's, it's like assume that someone who is reading this pitch has absolutely no idea about anything. And sure, so yeah, just yeah. making it as comprehensive and, and, and concise as possible, I think, is the, is the way to do it. And so the easiest way to do it was, you know, just offering more of the same. Yeah. And, and to be fair, the people that you're pitching to don't just get one of these things a day, right? They have a whole bunch of people always trying to get, we want to get our show up. What about this idea with a donkey that solves crimes and all of that sort of thing? First um, up, I would watch that. And yeah. second of all, um, yeah, it, it, it would be, I'd imagine any um, uh, commissioning editor would be just bombarded with yeah. communications all day about it. It would be infuriating. What a terrible job. Yeah, it would be like having to say no all the time would be horrible. And uh, Detective Donkey is coming as a seven-part limited series in 2022. Fantastic. Um, keep an eye out. Yes. We're currently in conversations with uh, Bernard Curry to play the donkey. Oh, he's um, perfect. Oh, mate, wait, you can see him right now, Big Brother VIP, should you choose to uh, poke your eyes out. Um, <laughs> I, I'm I'm really impressed, Mitch, because, you know, it's it's a rare feat to be able to take something that you've said yourself you love and hang shit on it in a loving way. <laughs> I, that, that's actually probably the best way it's been described because I, <laughs> I, do, I do struggle with um, explaining what the show is to people who may mm. not be familiar with it. And, and that's, that's actually pretty close to the money. I think um, another good way was anti-clip show. Um, yep. it, it's actually an anti-clip show clip show <laughs> because it still uses clips, but it's, yes. it's not just like um, it's not just showing, you know, the same five second blooper over yep. and over again. It's, it's, which is, which is good. I mean, I, I I'm, so thank you, I guess, is what I'm saying for those uh, those kind, helpful words. <laughs> sure, mate. I'm happy to, to give you a, a cover quote anytime you like, a reference, uh, or just join the pitch and tack on another three episodes of Detective Donkey. Yeah, great. Um, Mitch, the, the backside of television, three glorious 30-minute episodes. There's so it, it is really quite dense. They are very funny, and, and I'm serious when I say it is joke, 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 next thing, joke, joke. You've, you've done a great job in bringing it together. What should people look out for? What's what's a joke or a moment you're particularly proud of in in the ninety minutes of TV? Great question. Um, oh, what is my favourite joke? There, there was a, there was actually a joke that I had to cut, um, but pu- purely purely for time. Um, yeah. And my um, my creative partner hated it, <laughs> which was probably just as well. It would have made it far too divisive, more divisive. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it was. Uh, 
it was just a um, one of those jokes that is funny because it goes on for a long while and just meanders. Yep. And obviously, given the third episode is um, is already too long, <laughs> we it, it was one of the first things we had to get rid of. It's like ah. Oh, Damn it, it's fine. Um, but uh, look, I, I like any kind of uh, I like any kind of joke where um, it's the physical side of things. So like uh, yeah. just doing anything that isn't uh, me sitting in the chair, which I think doesn't happen very often in, <laughs> in the backside of television. Now that, now that I mention it, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll need to come back to you on specifically my favourite jokes because I can't I can't remember any. <laughs> it's it's too long ago now. <laughs> That's all right. You think about it. Hit us up on Twitter at Steve Volk. <laughs> Mitch will tell us. You'll be. We'll all be able to enjoy it as fans of the TV Black Box podcast. Hearing about it, it's become very meta. I think Zuckerberg's involved. We'll work through that. Um, Mitch, uh, the backside of television. As I said, three episodes across three weeks on SBS Viceland starting Monday, the fifteenth of November, around nine twenty ish. I think. Indeed, it is. we are up against Media Watch, which oh. is baffling, <laughs> controversial. <laughs> I know, like of of all the time slots, for some reason we are up against the only other media criticism show, <laughs> and I, that is I just, essentially a clip show. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just, uh, and even um, with the uh, the last year of television, last year we were up against mm. the yearly with Charlie Pickering. It's like, yeah. why, why are you doing this? <laughs> Help me out here. <laughs> Apparently, there's specific time slots you can only run these things in. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah. learning. Yeah. Exactly. More people watch media review shows uh, in that time slot than any other time slot for some reason. Who knows? Mm. Fancy that. <laughs> yeah. Might have something to do with the fact that media watches in the time slot. You idiots! Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and if they miss it, of course, it'll be on SBS On Demand after the fact, after Indeed. each episode. Yes. But tune in, friends. I, I can highly recommend it. The Backside of Television with Mitch McTaggart. Very very funny. Um, it will probably surprise you with some of the clips that they found and some of the, the stuff that plays out, and it will probably depress you in a hilarious way at just how much we have not moved past the things that we used to do. <laughs> Indeed. Look, hopefully, I as, as depressing as what a lot of the subject matter is, I do want it to be focused on entertainment and comedy, so I, I hope I achieve that. Look, I'm real. You did. Congratulations. Well done. Uh, check. And back to you, Malk. No worries, Malk. Good interview. I've got to tell you, on, <laughs> on Monday night, 9.20, SBS Viceland is the first of three eps. I've been fortunate enough to see all three. Um, it, it's just really smart, funny television. It doesn't... It doesn't talk down to you. In fact, it invites you to step up and think about what they're talking about. And the jokes flow thick and fast. I did not realise Australian television's fascination with the seagull until I watched this series. Mm, well, he's convinced me to take a look, so I will certainly take a look. Thank you, Mark. All right, now it's time to find out what everyone's been watching as we dip into the TV binge box. Something different. I'm going to start this week. <gasps> what? I've been, yeah, I know. <laughs> um I've been watching Doctor Who and <laughs> oh, I am loving this series, loving it. And Jodie, for the first time, Jodie Whittaker feels like the Doctor. I do not think she has owned this role until now. I thought the Sontaran episode was really, really good. So uh, they really found their pacing. I lost a little bit of interest last season, but no, they're, they're doing very well. Can I just do a quick pointer for Gruen? I think Gruen has been just brilliant. Loving, loving that show. 
watching the Goldbergs, Lucifer, looking forward to the Burt Newton funeral on Friday in the nicest possible way. But a special mention to Sunrise and Channel 7, who are doing a superb job with their Queensland inserts of local news. It is seamless. The way Bianca Stone is integrated with uh, Koshi and Nat, they throw to her, I'm assuming pre-recorded, but they throw to her, she's doing the live news, the way they go back to the show, and I feel like I'm getting a real update on what's happening in Queensland. And none was more so obvious this morning than when we had the breaking news of uh, the Australia's Most Wanted guy uh, being caught at the border. Now, I get to watch the Sydney feeds of the breakfast show, so I am across that. But as a Queensland viewer, seeing it as it's happening, it's not a major story worth going live live for, but it's a story happening and I'm across it. And I think Sunrise and Seven have done a great job with that. Aaron, what have you been watching? Well, as I mentioned before, watching Parental Guidance, which I'm loving, um, and still watching Big Brother VIP. People that know me will know that I'm a big, massive fan of Judge Judy. Um, and as we know, she retired her show on CBS. Ten are behind in episodes. That's why we're still getting new episodes flowing. But it's uh, getting oh. close to the end for Channel 10. There's only about four weeks' worth of episodes remaining. But she um, she's doing a very similar show now called Judy Justice on IMDb TV, but it's not available in Australia. However, I was seeing a man about a dog and... He gave me some episodes. So, <laughs> uh, great to see, uh, <laughs> great to see Judge Judy still on or Judy Justice now. Um, and I hope it becomes available in Australia. And finally, of course, still watching Herpes Island. Um, still a very less fun show. Are Aaron and Ryan still in it? Yes, they're still in it. Um, Still very so less speak. fun and more cruel to watch. Um, and, and, you know, and the show's paid for that. It's been moved to a later time slot on 9. It's now on at 9.30. Um, but it's obviously still doing very well on, on BVOD. Sarah, what have you been watching? Uh, well, I'm up to season eight now of Shameless. Um, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but Matt's out of town. So uh, we actually watch separately but together. Um, but then... Um, I actually had to go onto the internet and search for Real Housewives of Melbourne. Um, and I found it on like Daily Motion and it was backwards. But um, I just don't get the point Fox of the show. Please it's to just hear a... that that's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some people in Thailand have downloaded it and uploaded <sighs> it. And one of the episodes was a little bit like faster time. So they all sounded very squirrely. Um, <laughs> but... I think it was probably just the episode. I can't tell, like, at the beginning where they've got the, all the women doing their tagline and I mm. legit cannot tell the difference between them because they just all sound exactly the same. They're all vapid bleach blondes, except for Ange. Um, and, and like, Kylie I just... And um, uh, Jackie. So that's three out of four that aren't. They still <laughs> all just look the same. And they all sound bitchy. They're just all horrible people and I don't understand why they have a TV show. Like, I just don't get... Like, I've never watched any of these You're familiar with the Real Housewives franchise, right, Sarah? I don't watch any of them. I've never watched any of them because any time I see a commercial, I think I would stab myself or stab one of them (laughs) if I was forced to be in a room with them. Oh, you'll be on the next season. I I would throat punch (laughs) those bitches in a heartbeat. I mean, it's just... I just don't get the point of this at all. It just gives me anxiety watching them. Um... 
So then I tried to watch BBVIP. Um, I don't like any of the Americans. And then uh, last <coughs> night I finally, um, I, was, I turned on Netflix and Wentworth showed up. So I watched before I went to bed, before I'd yeah. be up, you know, at three o'clock in the morning. Um, I watched three episodes of Wentworth and that was really good. Mm. Right. All right, Mark, bring us home. What have you been watching? Fans of or people who are interested in watching Wentworth in Australia, it's now also in its entirety on Binge. As soon as the series ended, it landed there. So it hadn't been there until then. Um, uh, I've been casting my eye across all of the things. I mean, Gogglebox is still some of my favourite TV that I get to enjoy with my children now. That's on Foxtel Mm. and 10. That finishes tonight for this season, but more of it is coming next year. I'm really enjoying season 41 of American Survivor, which airs on Nine Go on Thursday nights. Um, There's been some controversy about it because of some of the changes they've made. I'm willing to push past this. They're just really, really leaning into what Survivor now is, and I think it's great that they're they're turning it up. What does that mean, mate? Uh, I mean, 41 seasons in, everyone who comes on the show knows how to play the show, Mm -hmm. right? They know how to play the game. So what the producers are doing is trying to put some twists and some turns and show the audience a little bit behind the scenes, breaking the fourth wall. Um, So, for example, as the teams were walking into a challenge, Jeff was talking to the camera saying, we've got this big thing coming up, keep an eye out for it, blah, 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 here they come. And it was like, and then it was the come on in, you know, where you would normally come back from an ad break and it would be come on in. He's talking to us about what's going on. Interesting. So I'm really enjoying that that feature, that part of it. Um, I watched the first episode of the latest Doctor, and it's interesting that you say that Jodie Whittaker's finally coming to her own with five episodes left. Um, <laughs> I watched the first episode and understood not a thing. I mean, I understood but we're all not of the players at this point. I mean, I'm looking forward to watching the second. I haven't seen it yet. That's, of course, on iView, ABC TV Plus and, and ABC on Thursday nights. John Oliver has two episodes to go. One happened this week. The next one is next week. And, oh, man, like, it's just some of the funniest, sharpest writing on TV. That's HBO, mm. so Fox 8 here in Australia. Uh, but I do want to uh, – and, of course, Succession on Fox Showcases must, must watch. I want to talk to you about The Wheel of Time really quickly. This launches on Amazon Prime Video next Friday. Uh, it is a massive fantasy series that is created on television from the book series, very popular book series that was created by, I think it's Robert Jordan, 100 years ago or something, or 18 or 19 years ago. And it's like, it's not three books or five books. I think it is like 12 or 15 or 18 books in this series. And... I've been, I went to go and see the preview with someone who is a hardcore fan of the books because that's a great way to tell if they've managed to make the TV series work, right? And that person that came to the preview with me gave it nothing but raps. So I came into a cold not knowing much other than what he briefed me and as soon as they finished episode two at the previews, I was like, I want to see episode three. How can right. I see episode three? It is it, – they've taken all the best bits from the world building – so people who know it will be able to slot straight in and understand it. For people that don't know anything, you will just get drawn along by the story. It is epic in the way it looks. It is brutal because of some of the, the heavy-duty stuff that plays on, but The Wheel of Time premieres with three episodes next Friday. That's the 19th on okay. Amazon Prime Video. Highly recommended. 
All right, we'll take a look. And that brings us to the end of TV Black Box for another week. Don't forget to vote for the TV Boxies. They're coming up on November 28, but voting remains open until 6 o'clock that night. But get your votes in now. We love to see how the voting is changing. Just go to tvblackbox.com.au and go there for all the latest news and information regarding the TV industry. And don't forget to go there to subscribe to the newsletter as well. We're going to start getting that back out on a pretty regular basis. I'm Rob McKnight. I've been joined by Sarah Monaghan, Steve Malk and Aaron Ryan. We'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.